Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I want to officially welcome you to our Week 12 preview show. I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. The two of us, like every week, we're ready to break down everything that you need to know before this week's game against the 2-8 and eight New York Giants, who will enter Chicago on a six-game losing streak. Nick, even though the Giants haven't won a game since, I think, October, we can't be overly confident, right? Absolutely not, Will. This is a bad Bears football team, and even though the Giants are actually worse, there's no way you can be confident with the Bears going in, even into this matchup. Now, before we get into our preview show, I do want to remind everyone that we do have our raffle going on, so you can join us at the Bears-Chiefs game, Section 117, Row 12, sitting right here with us, the crew of the Chicago Audible. Nick and I are hoping that you join the raffle so we can you can join this game here with us. Nick, any special words of encouragement to make sure people actually join that raffle? No, I mean, I think it would just be, even though, look, the Bears are bad, it's a bad season, definitely didn't meet any of our expectations, it's still fun to go and be around a bunch of Bears fans on a primetime game. You know, obviously it's going to be really cold. I anticipate we're going to be doing some drinking there. Well, it's it's always a great time when we go to Bears games. So, yeah, definitely enter in the raffle. Uh, again, you if you get the packages to get even more of an opportunity to come out and hang out with us and just enjoy a bears game. But yeah, I think people should definitely look into this uh, great opportunity. Yes. And again, you can enter the raffle at chicagoaudible.com slash raffle. Or if you're on our website, just look for the nice big raffle button on the top of our menu. You good there, bro? You know, I was actually just getting my phone out to put the raffle link in the chat. And then my little, Phone stand kind of stuck to my phone. I apologize. You better. You better. All <laughs> right. So with that, let's get the show on the road and begin this week's game preview. And let's go ahead and begin with that Bears offense. And after Sunday night's debacle surrounding Mitch's hip, it does appear that he's been able to kind of work through the injury this week. He's been practicing without any limitations over the last couple of days. And for the Giants, they allow the seventh most passing yards per game at 259. And on the road, uh, they suffer even more as they give up the league most 321 yards through the year when they're the away team. So, Nick, two-part question here to kind of kick off this week's preview. Uh, should we expect Mitch on Sunday? And if so, can he take advantage of the Giants' woes on defense or not? So, to first part of your question, I do think we 
uh, see Mitch Trubisky play on Sunday. Everything from practice this week after his hip injuries that he's been a full participant. Uh, been according to Chase Daniel today, this is the best looking that he's been in a Thursday practice that he has ever seen. Again, take that for what you will, but it's according to Chase Daniel, he's looking good. And I so I do think we expect to see uh, Mitch Trubisky in this one. Whether or not he can take advantage of a bad Giants team, I, you know what? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt only because this, these are the only opponents that the Bears actually take advantage of through the air. You saw it in Washington where Mitch Trubisky had a three-touchdown performance. You saw it against the Detroit Lions a couple weeks ago. If anything's lining up for Mitch Trubisky to actually have a good game, it's going to be this one against the Giants. Yeah, the Giants' passing defense is very on par with Oakland, Washington, and like you said, the Detroit Lions. And Mitch played two of those three defenses, and each time he did have a three-touchdown game. So, I don't know. I'll be crazy here. I'm just going to ask it. Is that where you're going to set the bar this week for Mitch? (laughs) Um, I wouldn't set the bar there for a three-touchdown game, but just on average, uh, just seeing who this New York Giants team has faced, and uh, they've uh, obviously going over like 10 weeks now, they've given up 2,755 2,755 yards, which is about 250 yards on average. I think Mitch Trubisky, according to ESPN, has only eclipsed 250 yards twice this season. That was against the Chargers and the New Orleans Saints. So it's not looking up that Mitch will get there. Uh, they've The Giants defense has allowed 17 passing touchdowns. So that averages out to one and a half touchdowns per game. I think you can at least... Maybe expect Mitch to throw two touchdown passes, and then they ha- give up also a hundred three point five opponent passer rating. And Mitch Trubisky again has only eclipsed that twice, and that was against Detroit and against Washington. So I wouldn't set the bar at three touchdown passes, but I would say out of the rest of the opponents left on this schedule, I think it's most likely that it would happen against the New York Giants. Yeah, and again, against the Giants, I don't think he has to do anything special, really. He just needs to make, I mean, do things that he should hasn't really been able to do this season. But when you're watching this uh, Giants defense, if you can just get your playmakers the ball in space, they have a hard time making open field tackles, uh, taking the right angles to the football. They allow so many yards uh, after contact and after catch this season. Uh, if the Bears can just find a way to keep it simple in terms of the actual game plan and get these guys the ball in space, they shouldn't be able to move the ball down the field. But you said that Chase Daniel mentioned that Trubisky looks really good here on Thursday in practice. But it's still practice, Nick. I know. Still practice is probably against air. There's probably He's not throwing against anybody. Who knows? But... Yeah, that look. According to Matt Nagy, all season they've looked great in practice. Well, I bet you if you put that practice team out on the field, you know, it probably would be the same result. Let's be completely honest. But yeah, take it for what you want. I don't really put much stock into. It. I just wanted to, you know, reiterate on here what Chase Daniel said. He also, I think they also said, you know, if he has to go, he is ready, obviously, but. Yeah, take it for what you want at this point in the season. We haven't seen good quarterback play throughout the entirety of 2019. Let's go look at some of the playmakers, though. Obviously, uh, tight end Jesper Horstead, he's now on the active roster. Chicago still trying to find some sort of production out of that position. And again, the Bears offense, at least passing the ball, Nick, very, very anemic. 
I still have to ask, though, do you see any favorable matchups uh, with some of these Bears playmakers, or do you just have some players in that secondary that you want to see the Bears kind of target? Yeah, definitely want to see them target Antoine Bethay. I forget how many years he's been in the league now. He's just a a veteran, but he is definitely a step slow when you, especially when you watch on film, he is trailing more times than not. He knows all the plays. It's just whether his body's allowing him to make the plays is the question. So just looking at the secondary, that's a guy that I would think the bears, I maybe target. I mean, we haven't seen the bears really take advantage of any matchups in any game this season, but that's, excuse me. That's definitely a guy I'm looking at where the bears could possibly exploit Bethay and what he is not able to do at this point in his career. Yeah, you said it. He's a step slow. I know this season he's been a missed tackling machine, so he's been missing countless tackles there for that defense, allowing for a lot of plays that should have been maybe stopped you know, behind the sticks or at Nick up actually going for touchdowns. So he's someone that you want to kind of find a way to isolate and get him on some one-on-one situations. Another guy we're looking at is a, cor- a rookie corner, uh, DeAndre Baker. He's the second most targeted cornerback on the team, and he also allows a 70% completion rate against him and also the most yards after catch at 237 and also a team high six touchdowns allowed. So if you can find a way to get an Allen Robinson on him on the outside, Easily a matchup that I would want really like. And then Anthony Miller versus nickel cornerback Corey Ballantyne. Uh, Ballantyne is, again, someone who doesn't have a lot of experience. He's been kind of thrust into action off and on this season. This one would be an easy mismatch. I know that Miller, uh, he is coming off a game in which it was his career high for catches. And I know that there's a, well, what the one interception was him technically running the wrong route. And we're not going to take some time to really get into those nitty-gritty details with still Anthony Miller coming off a career high of catches, going up against a guy in Ballantyne who is very much uh, someone that they can take advantage of is someone else on my radar. How about you, Nick? Do you have any others that you kind of see the Bears kind of potentially going after? You know what? Actually, I'm going to take it the other direction. A guy that I don't want the Bears to really test much is Jabril Peppers back there at safety. He Just watching him on film, he is flying around regardless if it's a screen pass in the backfield or you know he has to cover one of the slot guys. Jabril Peppers can make a lot of plays, and he disrupts a lot of the running, uh, running plays that the Jets ran two weeks ago when they played them. So that's a guy when I'm looking at. Matt Nagy's going to have some fits with Jabril Peppers because, again, he's just that kind of guy that can really make a lot of plays for this Giants defense. So that's a guy they have to really be worried about. They'll put him in inside the box. They'll have him deep uh, just roaming around. But he is a pretty good player, and he, you could definitely tell on tape. Uh, two more guys that I think the Bears can kind of – take advantage of and it's gonna be two linebackers David Mayo and Alec Ogletree between the two they have 41 catches allowed and 250 yards of yak uh, they struggle to keep up in man coverage they're a little slow in zone allowing uh, kind of not really reading their assignments correctly and then enter Tariq Cohen who last week was very much involved, especially as a receiver. And we also saw David Montgomery uh, getting involved in the passing game as well last week. So uh, any of the Bears running backs, if you can get them on any of these linebackers, that would be an interesting matchup also in my mind. But are you ready to kind of take a step further and look at that Bears rushing attack? I guess so. Whatever the Bears rushing attack is at this point in the season. They're not much. They're 29th in the (laughs) NFL. 
79.9 yards per game now on the ground. They struggled last week mightily against the Rams. That really wasn't much of a surprise. But looking at the Giants, they allow over 122 yards per game. But Nick, I think that's a little skewed because teams, they do run on the Giants the fourth most. They allow about 30 attempts per game on average. And I think just due to teams playing with leaves against them and trying to chew down that clock in the second half of games. Because when you're looking at the Giants front defense, they actually slightly surprise me. They allow the NFL's 10th least yards per rush at 4.0 exactly. So for a Bears team that can't really score points on a consistent basis, I don't think they're going to have that luxury of trying to really protect a multi-score lead at any point. Last week, we saw a lot of Tariq Cohen with some of those inside handoffs. He had a season-high nine carries. So, Nick, do you envision uh, Cohen getting some of those touches again? And perhaps more importantly, uh, can the Bears run the ball effectively against New York? You know, I think that Tariq Cohen's uh, carries per game in this one is all going to depend on the health of David Montgomery. And we haven't heard anything much from David Montgomery's ankle, so I'm hoping it's you know an uptrend for his playing status come Sunday. But yeah, I'm looking at this Giants defense here, Will, and there's guys like their nose tackle Dalvin Tomlinson, ni- number 94, kept showing up on tape, just filling in the gaps and making tackles, just being for six foot three, 318 pounds. He's an athletic guy. There were some moves that just kind of reminded me of Eddie Goldman, just how he's able to get off blocks and get into the backfield. So. I don't see it being another an, an easy day for the Bears to run the football. They haven't had one all season, so I don't really expect much from this Bears rushing attack. And what Matt Nagy hasn't shown that we saw in last Sunday night's loss to the Rams was a willing to adjust your rushing attack according to how you have to for an opponent. You saw what Sean McVay was able to do with Todd Gurley, and that's why the Rams had success. Matt Nagy has been really reluctant to doing that, except for the game where he was running the I formation against the Chargers. We haven't really seen as much of that kind of style since that game, which is disappointing to see because, look, there's going to be times where you have to adjust according to your personnel, and Matt Nagy's just not shown that he's willing to do that in the season so far. Yep, exactly. No, you're 100% right. I'd be very interested to see how the Bears can potentially establish a run here, but it's really, to me, it's going to all depend if they can show New York, they can pass this ball because if they can't, then they're just going to kind of, it's just going to be the same thing we've seen all season, Nick, and it's not pretty. And like you said, the health of Montgomery is a big one, but I do think he should be uh, at least as close to 100% as possible this week because I know he was a game-time decision on Sunday night, and I think that's why you saw Cohen get those touches. I still want to be surprised if Cohen eats away as a few of those touches because we're trying to get him more involved, get him more of those uh, touches to see what he can do on this offense because he's been pretty much, like most playmakers on this offense, MIA. And I know they, he, they Bears believe that he's an explosive playmaker. I mean, we know it. We've seen it. So we'll see what he can do. If he can run more north and south, he's slightly effective on that against the Rams. So potentially against the Giants, he can be as well. All right, well, up next, we're going to take a look at the key matchups in the trenches. Before we do, I need to call a quick timeout to let you know about our show sponsor, Wrigleyville Sports. Wrigleyville Sports is one of the premier Chicago sports merchandise stores in the city, and their goal is to bring the city of Chicago team gear happiness directly to the fans. If you're looking for any of the latest Bears gear, they have it. From hats and sunglasses, they have t-shirts and jerseys. Make sure to check out WrigleyvilleSports.com. And they also have quite the selection of holiday merch like Bears ornaments, Chicago Bears gift tags, and much more. 
And the best part of all here is I can get you 15% off and free shipping on that order. Use our promo code AUDIBLE, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, and that gets you 15% off and free shipping on any order of $25 or more. So if you're looking for any of the latest Bears gear this holiday season or any of the other Chicago teams, you really can't beat this deal. Again, head on over to WrigleyvilleSports.com. Use our promo code AUDIBLE, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, for 15% off and free shipping on any order of $25 or more. All right, Nick, getting back into things here, you know, we've mentioned the offensive line, they're going to play a key role in this game. I mean, they have every week. Uh, they've We've been living or dying by their success. And right tackle Bobby Massey, he had to exit the game on Sunday due to a back injury, uh, but he's been practicing in full this week. So the Bears should be able to field their starting five, and they'll have their hands a little bit fuller than one may think when they're looking at the Giants' record because New York, uh, they get after quarterbacks the 11th most in the NFL. They have sacks on 7.12% of all opponent pass plays. So I want to know, Nick, what matchups are the most important for you uh, when you're looking at the key matchups here in the trenches? You know, you want to see how Bobby Massey is actually dealing with that injury. And when you have like a Lorenzo Carter on the other side, a guy that has, I, for me, I know when he was coming out in the draft, that was a guy that I really liked out of Georgia. Um, similar build to a Leonard Floyd, but I think he's just got a little bit more pop when it comes to, you know, his style of play. So I'm looking at that. And remember, Alec Ogletree had that really athletic interception against the Bears a season ago mm. when he just stuck that hand out there and just was able to intercept the ball from Chase Daniels. So, yeah, no, even though the record it, the record doesn't reflect how this defense has been playing because there are some guys that are capable of getting to the quarterback, and it doesn't help when you have a guy like Mitch Trubisky who's also leading to you know having these sacks happen because he's just staying in the pocket too long or he's just not – feeling the pressure. So there are some capable guys on this Giants front, but Lorenzo Carr is a guy that I'll keep be keeping my eye on. Yeah, Carter has three sacks, 20 quarterback pressures. You can't discredit here Marcus Golden as well on the other edge. Uh, he leads the team with eight sacks and 29 total pressures. I really think the Bears' tackles are going to be tested in this one. And don't forget Leonard Williams, who they got from the Jets this season as well. He's only been uh, in a Giants uniform now for two games, and he has 11 pressures and five quarterback hits in those two games. No sacks yet, but he's still finding a way to make his impact felt. He's going to line up all over, uh, either in the interior of that line or over on the edge. Uh, he's just using a variety of ways, and I really think he'll be a guy who will test that offensive line throughout. And he's one of those guys that if you leave one-on-one, he can win those matchups and destroy a play before he can even get going. So watch out for Leonard Williams. And one other guy, Dexter Lawrence, a rookie, going up against James Daniels. Uh, Lawrence is second on the team in total pressures with 20, and he's also a very good run defender, plugging up those holes, kind of like that Dalvin Tomlinson that you were talking about earlier, Nick. So Dexter Lawrence uh, up against James Daniels will be yet another key battle to watch. And one final note here in terms of the battles in the trenches, Watch out for safety Jabril Peppers. Don't sleep on him. He has 11 pressures in his sack, and he's had 29 pass rushes this year. So they're not shy of letting him bring in some of that extra heat coming off the blitz. But do you have anything else in terms of uh, the trenches or any of the battles between the offensive line? No, I really think it's going to be the guy that you mentioned that can really wreck a game plan for for this Bears offense because, look, Mitch Trubisky has had trouble all season accounting for when the defense brings extra guys and where exactly they're bringing them from. Well, a guy like Jabril Preppers, he times it up perfectly at the snap to where he can get into the backfield without actually being touched and then 
either making a tackle in the backfield on a running back or sacking the quarterback. So I think that's a really you know good attribute that he brings to this Giants defense. And like I said, they'll have him roaming around. He just won't play in the box. He will play as a you know single high safety or just be right off the edge. So there's a lot of different things that the Giants will do with him because he is one of those players that you just want to put him in different positions at every single time just to see if he can make plays. Good stuff there, Nick. Uh, one last thing I wanted to mention about this defense. They do give up the most first quarter points in the NFL, 8.1, which gets me excited because we know how hard it's been for the Bears on offense to score points at 2.4 is their average. They're averaging less than a field goal in the first quarter. We know it's been bad. We've seen it week in, week out, but perhaps the Giants, that defense is the one that kind of at least helped the Bears score more than well, maybe just score any points in the fourth quarter, and I may just end up being pretty happy about that. But, Nick, do you have anything else on either the Giants on defense or the Bears on offense this week? You know, it wouldn't surprise me. I know we were talking about Mitch Trubisky and his stats. It wouldn't surprise me if he does get those three touchdowns that he has you know, done before against these bad defenses. But I'll leave it at that. Again, this it's a great, it's a great opportunity for the Bears to feel better about themselves on offense going into their next matchup, you know, at Detroit on Thanksgiving. But again, it is the New York Giants and you take take what you want from like a matchup like this. If they can't exploit it, <laughs> I, I guess that just really tells you what kind of, you know, team this Bears team really is. Mm-hmm. You're right. And when you said a great, you know, matchup here and you I almost thought you were going to say girth. And I had a flashback of <laughs> Trubisky when we're at the Bears 100 event in June when he just kept saying girth over and over again about guys' beards. Yeah, and it was so funny that you bring that up because I was scrolling through my phone the other day just seeing all the old stuff like training camp videos. And then, I, you know, the video that I took of Mitch Trubisky trimming that dude's beard and the girth. I'm pretty sure that's also mentioned in, in the video as well. I have to go listen to it later tonight. <laughs> oh, geez. That was a good time. That was, man, man, we had some great hopes for this season. But the last thing I wanted to mention uh, here, red zone, third down per usual. On third down, the Bears defense, still 29th in the NFL, uh, converting on third down on 30.5% of those. The Giants on defense are 21st. Makes sense given their record. They're at 40.8% allowed. The red zone, the Giants' defense is actually the ninth best red zone defense. Surprisingly, they allow touchdowns on only 50% of those trips. The Bears' offense, 11th in the NFL, 52.94%. But as we talked about on Sunday night, the problem is getting there half the time for this Bears' offense. So hopefully this is a team, uh, this Giants' defense is one the Bears can move the ball on, get to the red zone, and put up some points. But just wanted to... Hand out, the, hand out those stats here, but it's time to find out who has the edge, and I'm up first. I have the Bears offensive line versus that Giants pass rush, and Nick, I'm giving this one to the Giants because, well, A, it's just hard to give the Bears an edge here given what we've seen this season. They've allowed three sacks or more in their last four games. Uh, they don't have any world-class talent in New York, but they do have a lot of guys that are serviceable and can get the job done. And I think that's all it's going to take against Chicago. And you mentioned it, and we've talked about it on the show too. Trubisky just tends to make minimal pressure much more chaotic than it needs to be. So they don't need to have a ton. But guys that I mentioned, and of course the guy that they just brought in, Leonard Williams, who's now in his third game, is really starting to rev up. And he may just be that X factor that can really put a toll on our offensive line. But I'm going to give the edge here to the Giants. But over to you. Bears pass game, Giants secondary. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the Bears passing attack. Um, we've seen Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky actually take 
somewhat of an advantage of teams that don't have the best secondary. They don't put up crazy numbers. I'm not saying they really take advantage of it, but you've seen the three touchdown games from Mitch Trubisky in those games where the opponent has not had a favorable passing de- passing defense, right? So I have to go with the Bears barely just because I guess they've proven it in the past, but I'm not very confident in that decision. All right, and the last one, Nick, for both of us here. Bears ground game versus the Giants run defense. It's going to be Giants, right? I have to go with the Giants. The Bears haven't proven that they can block really any front that they face. Their offensive line is still struggling. Matt Nagy, like I was talking about earlier, hasn't shown that he will adjust to his players' strengths. So, yeah, I'll go with the Giants as well. Yeah, it's simple. Again, Giants only allowing the four yards per carry and the Bears – they haven't even been able to really get close to that per average this year. So I just have a, a feeling that the Giants are going to be able to uh, impose their will a little bit on that Bears offensive line, which is going to trickle down to the entire run game as well. But time for the X factor. And Nick, I'm just going to preface this by saying when I was going through my notes and prepping for the show, it just felt like one of those games where it's just so simple. It's Mitch. We know it's Mitch. If he can play like he did against Washington and Detroit, which again, compare pretty much are very comparable to what the Giants are on defense, we'll be all right. But if he struggles, watch out. I mean, we'll be right in this game. The offense will be, you know, on the sidelines more than not. So I think to me, this one's one of those weeks where it's just, it's so simple that it's Mitch, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I have to piggyback off, off your point there, Will. I mean, it's not about whether Allen Robinson wins his one-on-one matchups or if the tight ends actually do something it all falls back on the quarterback, and maybe we can put a. I'll put a, also Matt Nagy into this X factor column here because you can help Mitch Trubisky by putting him in some favorable situations. Don't run a third and one option to the short side of the field when you know your quarterback's injured. Just give a straight out, straight handoff up the middle to maybe a David Montgomery who didn't see much of the action late in that Rams game. So the play calling for Matt Nagy, and then just Mitch Trubisky taking you know what the defense is giving them and actually making throws i know it's i know that's asking for a lot there will that really is but that's it's it just seems so simple like you were talking about earlier just do the little things and most likely you can come out with a victory against the giants yeah and you don't have to do anything crazy to beat this giants defense so uh kiss right keep it simple stupid we talked about that about a month ago yeah keep it simple stupid i like it All right, uh, so we're halfway through the show. Before we talk about this Bears defense, one more quick pause as we have to tell you a little bit about our other show sponsor, (laughs) SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With a millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. In an industry that tends to be stagnant, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. So why is SeatGeek better than the rest? Well, simply put, it's a better process. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web, rate each on a scale to 1 to 10, and finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. That's something I really love, so you can really see what the view is from the seat that you're you're looking for. SeatGeek breaks down the details. Green dots are the good deals and the red dots are the tickets that are just overpriced. 
And of course, I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. By far the easiest and fastest way that I've been able to find tickets. I was looking at those Bears-Giants tickets earlier today. Plenty of amazing deals if you want to go root on the Bears against the Giants this week on Sunday. So definitely check that out if you want to. And of course, don't forget that SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first purchase. And all you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code BEARS for $10 off your first purchase. That promo code again is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. All righty, you're listening to Chicago Audible. We're about halfway through the show here. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, co-host Nicholas Moriano. We are taking a time now to look at this Bears defense who will be going up against a Giants offense that is 22nd in points scored. They average about 20.3 points per game. They are 24th in yards per game at 322. And yes, both of those rankings are higher than the Bears offense and by a pretty good margin. Regardless, the Bears defense should not find a ton of tests in this game. And I say that, but again, I know it's just another game where maybe the opponent is getting healthy at just the wrong time for Chicago. Uh, Giants are going to have most of their arsenal playing together for the first time all season. Uh, Saquon Barkley had an extra week off with that ankle he's been dealing with. And wide receivers Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate will be healthy as well. So let's dive in a little deeper and begin with uh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, he hasn't been getting the ball as much as he did a season ago. Uh, he's been struggling with some inside runs where his average is down a couple of yards compared to last year. He hasn't been as evolved in the passing game to compare to last year as well. And the Giants are adamant that they still want him to get those touches. And again, I mentioned he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. But I also said a lot of similar things about Todd Gurley last week, Nick. I said, oh, he's not involved. He's not as productive. He's never been productive against the Bears in his career. And look what he did. So I'm going to take a step back and realize that. But I want to know, Nick, looking at Barkley, do you envision him having uh, a decent day against this Bears defense that just hasn't been the same ever since Akeem Hicks went down, allowing running backs to really have productive games? Uh, that's a good question, Will, because I didn't anticipate Todd Gurley having a good game against the Bears, and he did. Again, credit to Sean McVay and the adjustments, but I'm thinking that Pat Shermer's going to look at that, what Sean McVay did with the Rams in that Sunday night victory for them, and try to do similar things with uh, here the New York Giants and Saquon Barkley. And he, he had really good success against the Bears last season and was able to run all over them. So I think that Coming into this one without a Danny Trevathan, and like you said, Nakeem Hicks obviously being out since the London game, this could be an opportunity for the Bears to really, uh, I mean, maybe, or the Giants to really take advantage of that, and they're not coming off a good performance, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I don't know what to expect. Again, this Bears defense, they're so hot and cold and compared to like, what they do, and I, I feel like we're going to see Barkley you know, have a few of those chunk plays that we've seen a year ago. I envision him uh, having some decent production up against the middle of this defense, especially if they're in their base package. Uh, they've been wanting to get him the ball, and he's been dealing with that ankle. But I think that extra week off, and he's been saying that he's feeling the best he's had in quite a while. I mean, go figure it's this week against the Bears, but a Saquon Barkley that's feeling good has me not feeling uh, so hot here, thinking about what he's about to do here on this defense. But moving, uh, staying in the backfield, but looking at quarterback, uh, Daniel Jones, he has nearly 2,000. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. 
Get full offer details at Tempurpedic.com. Some yards passing and 15 touchdowns this year, uh, but he also had eight interceptions. Uh, he's had some of his moments. He's had two games with four touchdowns and zero picks this year. Um, but there's been times where he's looked every bit of a rookie as well. He's a guy that uh, he plays with confidence, and he's going to take his shot. Um, but I want to know, Nick, what should the Bears do on defense to just make sure that uh, you know Daniel Jones doesn't have one of those four touchdowns, zero interception games? Don't think that's going to happen. Don't think that's going to happen uh, against this Bears defense. But what should the Bears defense do to make sure that his impact is minimal? Yeah, I don't think the Bears really have to change up much what they actually do on a you know game to game basis for Daniel Jones. You know, just seeing what he's done and just watching the tape the, against the Jets a couple weeks ago. You know, he's a guy that if you give him enough time, a, a nice clean pocket, he's not someone who will lock into one guy. He will survey the field and find that next guy and his wide receivers, even though a little bit on you know with the inexperience, will come back to the ball. Something that we haven't seen from veteran receivers on you know the Bears side. But yeah, for Daniel Jones, you don't have to really do much to really get him off his game. I think obviously being a rookie, he's still going to make some of those mistakes, but it helps when you can actually apply pressure. It doesn't look on the right now for the Bears defense. It's not about consistent pressure. It's just about actually getting pressure because Mm -hmm. they haven't been able to really do that as of late. And when you don't have Cleo Max show up on the stat sheet and a Leonard Floyd, he might as well not stand, you know, appear on the statue because he hasn't done much since Akeem Hicks went down. It's like you need these guys to eventually step up to get a guy like Daniel Jones off his mark so he's not able to go to that second wide receiver because when you look at some of Daniel Jones' weapons, they're really not that impressive. Obviously, we all know about Golden Tate and playing with the Detroit Lions, but He's not the, the the same, I would say, the same player. But, yeah, I don't think they really have to do anything differently. You could still play your base defense. I would bring some some more blitzes at Daniel Jones, see if they can mm-hmm. diagnose it. I know that's what um, you know the Jets were able to do with Jamal Adams in the week that they played before their bye week, just having their safety in the box and coming off the edge. I would like to see more Buster Screen maybe blitz off the edge. We haven't seen that enough this season. I mean, Eddie Jackson played pretty well at near and around the line of scrimmage last week, so maybe some more of that. I, I'd be open to that. Eddie Jackson, even though we all we all would like to see the interceptions and turnovers, um, he has improved a lot since his rookie season in the tackling, you know, department and just being playing physical around the line of scrimmage. So that was great to see, even when that Bears defense, I at probably at that point in the game where it was at against the Rams, knew they weren't going to win, you still see Eddie Jackson flying around making plays in the backfield. That was encouraging to see. It was. It really was. And hopefully some more of that, like you said, because it worked for the Jets, and I think Eddie Jackson or a buster screen, someone else is very good at timing those blitzes, uh, can get the job done. And with Daniel Jones, uh, he is very prone to fumble. Uh, Very, very poor ball security in the pocket as well. So the Bears, if they can get to him, Definitely go after that football because he's proven time and time again that he'll chalk that thing up uh, like it's nobody's business. And if the Bears are in man, uh, just be a little wary because he does have a tendency to use his legs to escape and get some pretty good gains. He's not going to shy away from that as well. So make sure you have someone on the quarterback in those situations or just make sure you get to him a little quicker so he can't just escape and you know book it for 15, 20 yards down the field because those kind of plays uh, change the narrative of drives and potentially games. 
Uh, you talked about some of the playmakers, and you, I agree they're not uh, the most you know powerful weapon group. Uh, they're going to be. It looks like without Evan Ingram, he's doubtful. Uh, he does lead the team in catches and receiving yards. Uh, but Golden Tate, uh, they'll have Sterling Shepard back, which should help them. Uh, what are some of the matchups that you're paying attention to, Nick? Well, I'm just trying to see if the Giants will actually dress a tight end on Sunday. Evan Ingram is doubtful. So is their backup, Rhett Ellison. So you have Scott Simpson playing uh, maybe tight end uh, on this game on Sunday. So just looking at that matchup. But you want to see a guy like Golden Tate who's very familiar with, you know, these Bears defenders and obviously playing, like I mentioned, uh, in the division just a season ago. So that's obviously a guy that you want to you want to watch out but uh, watch out for but Darius Slayton's made a couple of plays for for Daniel Jones in the past couple of weeks. So again, it, even though there's not much experience behind like a Golden Tate, these guys are still stepping up and making plays for a rookie quarterback and that's exactly what you want to see, but you can't let those kind of guys, you know, beat you. The Bears, I don't think did the best job without, you know, Robert Woods and obviously Brandon Cooks being in the lineup for the Rams, then you have other guys stepping up for them. So, you can't be, you know, prone to letting these backups, backup backups really take advantage of what is still a good Bears defense. Exactly. You don't want to see a Benny Fowler out there. Uh, you know, posting big numbers, right? <laughs> wow, I, I forgot that uh, that name was on there. But yes, you don't want to see a Benny Fowler take advantage of a Bears defense. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Saquon Barkley. I know he hasn't been the you know most effective receiver coming out of the backfield this year compared to what it was a year ago. But uh, if they can get him on a Roquan, that's a matchup to pay attention to. And probably even more importantly for us, if they can find a way to get him on a Nick Kwiatkowski. Uh, that's a big matchup where we need to make sure that Kulkowski's in some uh, good coverage because he's always that step or two behind. Although I would say he's improving in that regard, or it looks like he has improved a little bit there as well. But uh, Saquon Barkley coming to the backfield, don't forget about him either. In terms of Golden Tate, I know they love to get him the ball uh, on screen passes, and the Bears' defense have shown that they other offenses can get down the field and lay some blocks on guys and open up some lanes for uh, some of these playmakers that kind of weave their way down the field. So uh, making sure you kind of disrupt those whenever those plays are called is another key for me this week as well. But like you said, Nick, earlier, we're another weekend of the season. Uh, we're still continuing to get some increased doubts about this Bears' ability to generate any sort of pass rush. Uh, they have the fourth least amount of sacks over the last three weeks, and we've already discussed our frustrations with this in great detail. Uh, but looking at the Giants' offensive line, they've allowed 22 sacks in the last four games. So to say that the Bears must and should be able to find a way to take advantage. It's an understatement. But again, we just haven't seen it after Hicks went down. So looking at some of those one-on-one battles in the trenches, and you already probably hit on one a little bit when you talked about bringing on a guy like a Buster Screen or perhaps an Eddie Jackson on some of these blitzes because I think blitzing this offensive line is going to really help because you know if you can overwhelm them with a rookie quarterback, I think that's a good recipe for success on this defense. But a one-on-one matchups, who do you got? So I like the Mac. Well, again, if the Bears can actually take advantage of this, and this is Khalil Mack or Leonard Floyd, I like their left tackle, Ch- Chad Slade versus whoever is on that side. And I, I know I said that a week ago against the Rams, and we didn't see much much pressure on Jared Goff, but that is a matchup that I do like. Just watch, again, looking at that Jets game, they ran a couple of stunts towards that side, being only in the second season. Slade, I think you could take advantage of you know that left tackle right now, filling in place of Nate Solder. So I like that matchup. 
if the Bears can actually exploit it, I don't know. I just we just haven't seen it. I can't say definitively that the Bears are going to get sacks this game because you know of the tape. The tape is shown otherwise, Will. So we can tell you the matchups that we like, bring the blitzes. And Chuck Pagano said this week that he wants to put Cleo Mack in more more uh, beneficial situations. I think he's going to have to do that because you're game planning him out of games, and that's why he's not showing up on stat sheets. But I do like the matchup against left tackle Chad Slade. What if Soldier's in there? Are you still okay with it? Because, I mean, he's he's questionable, and he's dealing with a concussion. If he's cleared, I'm sure he'll start. But either way, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I'm still feeling good about it. I was listening to a couple of Giants podcasts earlier in the week. They're saying that probably – Again, these are reporters saying we we can all be wrong here, that they think it's just more beneficial to have Slay. They anticipate him playing. Whether he does or not, I guess we'll have to wait come Sunday or maybe just later in the week. But yeah, I still I still like the matchup. That's the thing. I still like it. It's just I we haven't seen the Bears just take advantage of those kind of favorable situations. Yeah, and then right tackle Mike Remmers is in a very similar territory as well where the Bears could find a way uh, to take advantage. I know between Solder and Remmers this year, uh, they've allowed 66 combined pressures, 10 penalties, and 11 sacks. Uh, these tackles for the Giants have been struggling all season long, and what they like to do is get some help from their tight end, Ellison. But like you said, Nick, he's probably not going to play either, right? Yeah, he's listed on as doubtful, just uh, according to like the game preview on ESPN. It's uh, Rhett Ellison is doubtful, Evan Ingram is doubtful, and then you have a couple other players that are listed as questionable for the Giants as of right now. Yeah, and I think one thing for me is going to be, you know, if Khalil Mack, if they're going to give him all the attention, which they're going to do, they just need to find a way to get creative of like where he's lining up where he's rushing from. It's just been too standard where he's lining up on one specific edge and he's just going to try to, you know, beat him around the corner and it hasn't been working. They need to find a way to do some more stunts, just get a little bit more creative up there because I think teams have found a pretty good recipe and it's now up to Chuck Pagano to kind of find a way to dial up uh, different plays, different stunts, different packages to get Khalil Mack in some different situations because it just hasn't been working so far. So hopefully uh, they do get a little bit more creative. And one other matchup for me in the trenches is actually going to be just one. It's going to be a good one. John Jalapio uh, versus uh, Eddie Goldman uh, uh, with uh, John. I'm just going to call him John. Uh, he's going to be uh, very good in terms of pass protection. Only given up two sacks this year, but of course, Goldman isn't the, mo- the biggest pass rusher on this team, but I think where this matchup really pays dividends um, is the run game. If Eddie Goldman can win this matchup, uh, like uh, Jalapil, Jalapio, ooh, <laughs> it's a mouthful. Your dad says hi in the chat, by the way. Facebook. My dad? And Facebook. Oh. What's up, Dad? (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to let you know. Um, But if Eddie Goldman can win this matchup and uh, fill the gaps like we've seen, that should open up a Roquan Smith and Nick Wachowski to kind of step in, fill the hole, and make some tackles and make sure that Saquon Barkley doesn't run for uh, plenty of yards in the middle of this defense. So that's a big matchup that I'm paying attention to. But, Nick, anything else either on the Giants on offense or the Bears on defense? Uh, So this – it is about the Giants on offense. I just remember Will Hernandez, their left guard, uh, when he was coming out of the draft, he really wanted a bidet. So I remember that. that. Yeah, right? <laughs> I remember that too. I'm like, that's a great thing to want. To want. Um, don't know if he ever got it, but yeah, Will Hernandez, he is a beast. And if he gets to that second level, watch out Roquan Smith and Nick Kwiatkowski. He's a very physical guy, but yeah, he 
He wanted a bidet. I'm pretty sure he has it now. I'm pretty sure he <laughs> has it now, too. Uh, Roquan Smith, just want to kind of highlight just how well he's been doing over the last three games. Uh, he has 32 tackles, an interception, one pass defense, and a tackle for a loss over his last three games. So really trending in that right direction. And the Giants, uh, hopefully this is a game where the Bears can find a way to get those turnovers. They have at least two turnovers in all but two games. And the Giants have turned the ball over three times in four of their games this year. So this may be a good game for the Bears to get those turnovers that we've been waiting for on defense. But looking at the red zone and third down, red zone first, the Bears defense are 11th in the NFL, allowing touchdowns on about 53% of those trips. Giants on offense are 20th in the NFL at 51.6% scoring. And on third down, the Bears defense still in the top 10 at 35.1%. And the Giants offense is 15th at 39.6%. But it's time to find out who has the edge? And Nick, let's go over. We'll share uh, Bears pass rush versus that Giants offensive line. And to me, on paper, Bears pass rush. But in reality, what do you think? Oh, man. I feel like it's just going to be a wash where it's not going to be. The Bears pass rush isn't going to be uh, a real big factor in this game. I just haven't seen it in the past couple of weeks. Nothing has, you know, changed my mind that to where they are going to get to Daniel Jones. He does like to hang on to the football a little bit um, when he's back there. But I guess I'll give the slight, slight edge to the Bears pass rush. Maybe this is a game where they can actually take advantage of those opportunities. All right. Uh, for me, Bears secondary versus that Giants passing attack. I mean, in terms of the talent, you have to give it to the Bears. I don't think they have the superior talent at the positions. The Bears just need to find a way, and they should find a way, to limit a rookie quarterback. I think they know Golden Tate well enough from the years past, and I think the loss of tight end Evan Ingram, who is their leading receiver, uh, really helps. So I'm going to have to give this one to the Bears. So, Nick, that Bears run defense versus Saquon Barkley in that Giants ground game. You know what? I'm actually going to give it to the Giants and Saquon Barkley. I just think, look, I think the Bears will have a better day on offense, but there's still going to be too many opportunities where that defense is out on the field for too, you know, too much time. And over the course of the game, you see the Bears defense just kind of wear down. So I think when you look at the stat sheet, the Giants offense and their rushing attack will have a better day than I think what a lot of people are expecting. All right, who's going to be your X-Factor for the Spares defense? I think it has to be Roquan Smith in this one. When Saquon Barkley, obviously, he, he has not had the year that you know he had uh, just a, a year ago, but he's still a, an explosive running back, and it only just takes one one linebacker, you know, a Nick Wachowski or Roquan Smith out of place for him to get a huge gain. And I think it's really going to be up to Roquan Smith. I bet you if you watched the preview of this game last year, we would have said the exact same thing, mm-hmm. probably either Dan Trevathan or Roquan Smith in this one. And they did not do their job. And that's why Saquon Barkley was able to have a big day against the Bears. And the Bears lost that one in New York. But I think it has to be Roquan Smith for this one. Uh, interesting you went with Roquan because I have Nick Kwiatkowski uh, for very much the same reasons because Kwiatkowski, we've seen him. He can be a thumper against a run, especially inside. So if he can do that and limit Barkley. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7 with supplies and solutions for every industry and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
that would be huge. And of course, teams, they've been able to kind of keep Barkley contained this season, especially those inside runs. I think Nick can still be that guy uh, to keep it continuing this week. We've already seen that. Plus, if they, like I said, if, if the Giants find a way to dial up a look that gives them a one-on-one matchup, Nick Witkowski versus, uh, versus Saquon Barkley, that's a huge advantage for the Giants. So hopefully Nick can win some of those battles uh, either against Barkley or if they would get a tight end on him as well. But uh, this is, to me, another big matchup. So we're both looking at the same Giants player, uh, just have a couple of different Bears defenders that we're kind of keying in on. But I think regardless, both of them being an X-Factor is very fitting. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so before we dive into our weekly predictions, uh, let's go ahead and take a couple of moments on the third phase. The only thing on my radar is Eddie Pinero uh, making, you know, he went to Soldier Field to kick and apparently had a pretty decent day doing so. I don't think there's any rush. I don't think there is any sort of pressure on him. Uh, so I'm not going to take too much stock in it. Uh, but how about you? Anything on the third phase worth mentioning heading into this game? Yeah, earlier today, uh, Giants reporter Pat Leonard tweeted out that he asked Jabril Peppers if he was going to be on returns for punt or kick, and Jabril Peppers said, you'll see me and Golden Tate back there on punt returns. So that's something to watch out for. Like I said, I I think Jabril Peppers is a problem and can cause a lot of things to happen, good things to happen for that Giants defense. He can also make things happen when he gets the ball in his hands. He did a lot of that at Michigan where he played in college. So yeah, that's something definitely to be mindful of for this Bears special teams unit that we all know has been pretty inconsistent over the course of the 2019 season. So definitely keep an eye on that. All right, let's go ahead and enter the prediction portion of our preview here and begin with our bold prediction. I'm going to go crazy here, and I'm going to say Mitch gets his three touchdowns, and they're all going to go to Allen Robinson. So a three-touchdown day for Allen Robinson is going to be my bold prediction for this week. How about you, Nick? You know, in this one, I have Javon Wims being a factor in this one, catching six balls and a touchdown pass obviously all from Mitch Trubisky. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, no, no quarterback change in this one. Not yet, but yeah. So I'm expecting Javon Wims to actually play a factor in this one. Very nice. Very nice. I hope so. I really want to see him getting some more looks and develop. You know what, Will? I want to ask you this and going a little off track. I know this is not the segment for it, but I'm surprised. And I don't know if anything, the bears have said anything, but Riley Ridley at this point in the season where the season's practically gone, you're not going to the playoffs. Why don't play? Why don't you play him at some point in the season? I know people were mm-hmm. asking about that in the chat. Riley Ridley, is it just health? Is it not in the playbook? What What do you have to lose at this point? You're not, you know, a team's not going to pluck him off. Yeah, obviously they have to make a trade to, you know, take him. Why not? I just feel like they should be trying to implement him little by little into this offense. See what he can do. Get him some, get him some reps at least by the end of the season. So then, when you go into 2020, you have a guy that at least has a little bit of experience. That's just my thoughts on you know a guy that I think should be getting some kind of playing time. I mean, from now on, from this point to the end of the year, you better find a way to start developing some of this younger talent on this team. You know, you know what you have in a Taylor Gabriel. You know what you have. Unfortunately, I think we know what we have in Anthony Miller. Hopefully, he still has some more potential underneath there. But yeah, guys like Javon Wims and Riley Ridley, they should be getting more playing time, getting some looks, being active on game day. And it wouldn't take a lot to get a Ridley active. You just have to, you know, change up how you're Bradley going. Bradley Sowell, sit him. Done. Done. You know? Done. <laughs> Easy. Yeah, I agree with you, Nick. Uh, we're at this point where you just got to start developing this talent, seeing what you have, and getting a guy like Ridley some 
meaningful reps here as a rookie. It's just going to help us down the road in the future. And you drafted him uh, for a reason. And he was one of the better receivers in this year's draft. And it's still like, well, what are we going to get out of it? We have no idea. So, yeah, I'm in agreement with you. Who's going to be your MVB prediction? I think by the end of this game, it will be Mitch Trubisky. Um, it, it won't be it, like it's been such a lackluster effort from a lot of these players and just how they played and how what the performances have been. But I think when you look at the game and look at the stat sheet, Mitch Trubisky will have one of those better games. I think, you know, he kind of needs it at this point. I think really the narrative is pretty much set for Trubisky, whether his future here in Chicago you know, it's pretty uncertain going, you know, moving on with this season. But I think when you look at it, he probably will have one of those better games and be the reason, possibly, if the Bears win. All right. I'm going to go defense. I'm going to go out of the box, and I'm going to go with Ha Clinton Dix. I think Daniel Jones, he's going to take his chances. I've talked about that earlier. Um, but he's going to be wise and take those shots away from an Eddie Jackson. Clinton Dix, I expect him to have a turnover in this game. When it matters, he'll be very active in run support. He'll be all over the field. He'll be second on the team in total tackles. He'll be right behind Roquan Smith. He's been kind of quiet lately, Clinton Dix has, and this is a game where he stands out a little bit more. So uh, my MVP prediction is going to be ha-ha Clinton Dix. And heading into our game prediction segment, I have the Bears winning 20-17 to in another low-scoring game where the Bears don't score. I'm surprised I have them scoring over. Uh, 17 points. But like I said, uh, against some of these defenses like the Giants, the Bears have found a way to score. Uh, so I have the Bears winning. Uh, I'll give more reasons as to potentially why in my confidence meter final thought. But I just wanted to start it off with I have the Bears winning this game and Nick scratching his beard. And I'm wondering if you're trying to be mischievous and go against the Chicago Bears. You know, I'm trying to look. I've been picking them the past, I think, two weeks against the Lions. They got the win, and then they, you know, just a dud against the Los Angeles Rams. But this, I still think, looking at the two rosters, the Bears, the Bears are a better team. They just haven't played like it, and they, they really aren't a very good team right now. But still, I'm gonna pick the Bears to win this one. Um, yeah, they have taken advantage of those teams where they have these bad defenses. So. I think they'll score 24. I don't know how many points was the most this season that the Bears have scored on. One Against the, the, the Redskins. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Okay. So I'll give them 24 to 17. The Bears win this one. And it'll be in part because Mitch Trubisky actually has a good game. And the defense isn't out there as long. But I still think, like I said earlier, with Saquon Barkley and that rushing attack, they'll still gain some good amount of yards on this defense. But 24 to 17 Bears. All right. For me, I'm not ultra confident in my pick. I'm giving myself like a 5.5. You know, <laughs> Giants coming off a bye. Uh, they're getting healthy, at least healthier, and they're getting refocused as well. And it's really hard to lose seven straight games in the NFL. And the Bears are coming off a loss that already kind of marks the end of their playoff hopes and really the season. So they could just very well play with uh, less of a spark than what we've already seen, uh, which wouldn't be ideal. And then they'll probably, and I'm assuming they will to some degree, play down to the opponent. And the Giants, knowing that they beat Chicago a year ago, well, I think they're going to have a little pep, a little confidence. So I have the Bears winning, like I said, 20-17, to but this is a game where I really would not be shocked if the Bears end up actually losing this game. How about you? What's your confidence meter? Yeah, I'll go with 
I'll go a 5.3 in my confidence meter with the Bears actually winning this one. Look, it wouldn't it, like you will. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bears lose. It's just I don't I really don't anticipate it getting like ugly in terms of like this is going to be a nasty loss where the Bears look even worse on offense than they have the entire season this is a favorable defense where they can actually move the ball and gain some yards and score some points but with saying that again i'm not very confident that the bears will actually execute we haven't seen proper execution from all 11 players on the field at the same time you know consistently so again it wouldn't surprise me seeing a bears loss i don't think it'll be ugly though but that's what happens when there's doubt that you know creeps in when you see your team consistently mess up. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed our game preview. I want to thank you all for tuning in. I'll make sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Up next, we'll wrap up this week's preview with Will Ingles' and his five matchups to watch. Uh, you'll hear from Nick and I on Sunday as soon as the game wraps up. Don't forget to join the raffle. Get in the raffle to make sure you can join us, the Bears-Chiefs game. Again, Section 117, Row 12. We want you in the seat next to us to cheer on our Chicago Bears. And to enter, just head over to chicagoaudible.com slash raffle to pick up your raffle ticket today. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.